0: We're going to talk about two of *The Stones of Blood*.
1: Yes, we see Romana hanging on the cliff face. She gets a handhold and a toe hold and is hanging on, calling for help. The Doctor is been tied to a stone slab and is set for the sacrifice. Um, it's Mr. and Miss DeFreeze and the rest of their followers, and um, she is unhappy. She runs to the stone and she disagrees with uh, this because the Kaliak has never wanted a human sacrifice before, and um, they argue a bit. And the doctor awakens, and there's a long curved blade. Mr. DeFries is holding, and the doctor says, "I hope that knife been properly sterilized." Um Mr Fries says, I refuse to be a party to this and doctor says, Good for you. And he says, Does your Caliac ride a bicycle? And Mr DeFries threatens him, says so he thinks he's blaspheming. It's like, No, no, I can see a bicycle coming. So they all scatter and leave and, and the doctor is left still tied to the rock. Professor Rimford has come back to the to the rescue of the doctor. Um, she unties him, and the doctor then s- realizes, well, why did you come back? So she says, well, I came back to bring Romana some tea, and she was waiting here for you. And as says, well, I thought she would be with you. So where is she? So the doctor starts calling out for Romana. She's... Calling out for help from where she's hanging on. The doctor then finds her shoes in the ground. And uh, Rumford says, Well, if she's lost in the moors, we may have to wait till morning and organize a search party, unless you have a dog. It's like, Have I got a dog? So the doctor whistles for K9 and K9 exits the TARDIS and comes heads out onto the the moors to find the doctor the doctor heads off to meet Canine and nearly walks into him and says why don't you bark or something says, I'm not programmed to bark he says well and you know how you've always wanted to be a bloodhounder bloodhound he says no I haven't he says yes you have so find Romana. K-9 says yes he can do that her tissue type and samples is all in his database so K9 heads off. He finds Ramana. And she's happy to see K9, but very unhappy um, to see the doctor. And she says, that, you know, he pushed her over the edge. She says, me never. So the doctor winds the scarf down to her and she's that to pull herself up and then pushes the doctor away from her and uh, hides behind K9. Um, She says, No, K9? Who am I? So K9 scans him and says, No, it's the doctor. So she says, Well, then what happened? Because you were solid, it was solid, it was not just a projection. And we hear kind of a tinkling, kind of a sound as she realizes that one of the powers of the third segment is the power to transmit objects or at least their appearance. So they think, oh, somebody's using the segment. Yeah. (laughs) So she says, what do we do now? The doctor says, get you a decent pair of shoes. So they go back to the TARDIS. um, Romana changes. um, The doctor and she are talking about how how can things be in one place but not be there and be in another he says, how's your interspatial geometry? She says, oh, pretty rusty. He says, okay, come on, let's go. So they head out. And he says he wants to check the circle again. At a distance, they, she gets the reading again. So they arrive at the circle. Um, just as uh, Vivian and, and Rumford are there. Um, Professor really takes a liking to K-9. Um, and the doctor asks the professor to share some of her notes on the circle with Ramana um, which are back at the cottage so they are going to go off and do that and he's going off to. See, he says to see Mr. DeFreeze. Romana says um, what after what he did to you she says because of what he did to me uh, Mr. DeFries sees their raven their crow is gone where is it? Oh no, it's too late. And we hear these rumbling sounds. And he tells his wife Martha, "says Get out, just, just go. Save yourself." Doctor and K-9 are heading closer to the DeFreeze uh, Hall, and K-9 senses danger and warns, you know, um, of aliens present. They hear screams from the house and so they run to investigate. They find one body with the head smashed to a pulp the doctor says. canine uses his little sensor and senses silicone dust on the floor and there's a trail of it so he goes off to follow it. doctor also looks around after him and says, well, He goes into the study and it's like well seems all clear as he turns around Dr. K-9 behind him a large standing stone has come up and it comes up pulses and hits the doctor from behind and the doctor falls to the ground knocked out. K-9 blasts uh, at the stone and it retreats and K-9 gives chase. Ramon and the professor are talking about the, her notes of the, um, the ancient sites and mm. she calls they're called the Gorseds the places of augury. and Vivian says oh yes, the three main Gorseds in Britain are Salisbury which is Stonehenge Bryngridden in Wales and Boscoen which is their circle of the nine travellers um, Romana says, well, there's so many circles and um, different places in the, the country and, and planet. Why this one? For known to, for augury. Um, and they don't know. Romana does more searching and s- mentions to them that she sees that the land the circle stands on has always been for the last 700 years been owned by a woman a woman or group of women and it started with a convent um, of some sisters. and uh, she asked where there could be records and Zoeth would have guessed that they would have been burned or destroyed and vivian's not very helpful in that she s- scoffs at Ramana and says what do you think there's some sisterhood? Owning the circle, and that doesn't hold up because Mr. DeFreeze owns the land now. And he says, Well, maybe he's not really the head. So, Professor says, Well, some of the records might be at Mr. DeFreeze's hall. So, Romana says, Okay, let's go. So, she and Professor Rumford go off to see. They enter the hall, and there's destruction all around. Ramana finds the doctor and K-9 has been kind of torn apart and he's got his circuitry scattered all over and the doctor is trying to see if he could be repaired. K-9 thinks not. He says he may not be uh, able to be helped. But in his last, kind of last words, he says how the what attacked him was a silicone based globulin deficient life form Ramana and the doctor talk of his condition and she suggests a molecular stabilizer and uh that type four d would have been set up with one and he's yes, they have one, so she should take Ramana to the tardis. The doctor and the professor stay and look for. He says to look for his bodies and he tells her that mister Devries and the woman had been killed. But the bodies were gone. The um, and he tells Rumford that they were the creature that attacked them lived on blood. The um, in the stone circle the figure of the Caliac in the feathery robe and mask um, has the bodies of the defries and the robes are cast aside and she looks like she has harvested the blood from them and she feeds her stones. She raises her arms to the sky and calls upon the Ogri to do her bidding. Doctor and Professor I found no records. Um, the doctor says well she must be here somewhere, the she She's, oh, the witch hag? And the doctor says, well, I'm sure Sarah Whitten, and she's had many names over the years, but, you know, why? There's no records, why? No images, no pictures, and he stops himself and says, oh, the missing paintings. So they search around, and he remembers a phrase Bivris used about beware the raven and the crow and on the fireplace there are depictions carvings of ber- those birds so he moves one and it's a latch to a secret passageway, a priest's hole so um, the doctor heads in um, Amelia follows and we hear in the distance the doctor fall. Or take a header of some kind as she goes in behind him. is in the TARDIS setting up K-9 hooking him up to the TARDIS stabilizer and to reboot or whatever she has intended. She heads out of the TARDIS and behind her she looks and there are several crows amassing on the roof of the TARDIS. The doctor and Amelia find the paintings and the doctor lines them all up and identifies them as Lady Moccombe, Senora Camara, Mrs. Trefusis. And she says, where have I known that, that face? He says, well, you should know that face. It's your friend, Vivian Faye. Romana um, has made it to this, a distance from the circle and sees there's lights or something happening there and uh, Vivian comes up behind her and kind of startles her and she says, oh, come on, let's see what's happening over there and then the next thing we know, Romana's saying how? That sh- you're hurting me and Vivian pushes her into the circle, into the lights and then has a wand with um, crystals in it and she activates it and there's kind of a purple whirlwind type effect over Romana and Romana disappears and the end? I love some of the um, the things that he says about, uh, well, with the, with Amelia. I just think that the doctor and, and Professor Rumford, the bits they have together are mm-hmm. quite fun. Yeah, um, they really are. She says, uh, when they're going to look, looking around for Romana, or he's going to go meet K-9, and if he's called the dog, and she says, doctor, it's getting a bit exciting, isn't it? He says, What? yeah let's hope it doesn't get too exciting This <laughs> is all very new and different for her but being in such danger is not for him but that she's so ramped up mm-hmm. it's just so fun
0: have you noticed the kind of stilted way she gives her dialogue and the real question I have is is it I intentional
1: mean, um, it feels like it's intentional it feels like she's it's her characterization. Mm. Okay. To not to you.
0: Uh, I can't tell.
1: I just probably heard it so many times that I'm not hearing it the same way you do. Because there's so many things that just stick, you know, just come back because it's like I've, I've watched it so many times and mm-hmm. I know so much of the dialogue, so it's just. It's hard to be objective, for me. Um, but I do like some of the other. One of the other things the doctor says about going back to seeing Mr. DeFreeze is like you know because of what he did to me. Is I think Mr. DeFreeze is a very worried man, and worried men often sing worried songs. I just I don't know why I just like that. Yeah. Stands out for me. And uh, we have the classic of the opening when the doctor's tied to the stone. You know his flippancy in the face of um, danger to himself, especially. I says, I hope that knife is sterilized. <laughs> and then she says, I won't be. A, I won't be a part of this. And he's, he's good for you. <laughs> As he's tied up with the knife blade being held over him. It's just such fun. So what do you think of um, there's definitely a, a strong relationship between the mistress and K-9. Mm-hmm. You see lots of that or more of that.
0: Yeah, she, uh... Sorry, I lost track of what I was going to say.
1: She was happy to see him.
0: Well, and she sort of confides in him a little bit.
1: Yeah. Hid behind him. Like, like he was going to protect her from the Doctor Who. She thinks pushed her over the edge. The little... There's been two... In each episode, there's been a little... I think actually in Pirate Planet too, she talks to him about something, asks him a question. But um, in the last episode of this story, she um, she asks him what tennis is, yeah. and, uh, and tells him there's, there's a little scene where she tells him to for- oh, forget it. So he actually does, you know. Um, and this one, she I didn't mention it when she asks him about as the doctor walked off and he asked her about her interspatial geometry and then left the TARDIS she bends down and and talks to K-9 and says how can something be in one place but then not be in that place and his little antennae his little like ear like uh, scanners on top of his head kind of twist and bob and twist and twist and there's a little mechanical noise and off and on and she's like if you don't know, just say so. <laughs> I like that part better than the forget about tennis part from the last time. But it's kind of cute. And then there's a discussion she has with the doctor of, you know, when the canine is severely damaged and the doctor doesn't know if he can repair him. And so they have this conversation. It's like, well, it might be just kinder to pull his. They call it the cerebral core now, like something you know. like that, so you know, put the dog to sleep, and then shes, "Oh no, you can't do that, and let's try this, and then so they have this potential solution, and she goes and takes care of him, so, right. I think that the development of that relationship was kind of a carry over from. The development of the relationship between Leela as mistress and K Nine—it's kind of just a continuation. They just fit in Ramona instead, in a way. Mm-hmm. So, again, another thing that you could see how the story could easily fit in the other companion instead. You know. and what about that K Nine movement? <laughs>
0: I think they made some mistakes in how they decided to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: At one point they have him they have him moving around in the forest and that's that was all fine. But then they have him move and then all of a sudden he starts shooting forward cuz they put him on, well cuz in reality they put him on a platform that rolls. Mhm. And yeah, he just takes off and it just doesn't make any sense why all of a sudden he speeds up
1: yeah well he has such trouble over the uneven ground of course because of the nature of the uneven ground (laughs) and the way that he normally moves um and then yeah they put him on like a little i guess probably like a little mechanics trolley or something uh Like the little platform with the weight with casters. Mm -hmm. And and then they could pull him on it. And the difference between the uneven movement and uneven slow movement and then the very smooth fast movement was just a little too much of a change. You know, I could understand him being able to maybe move that fast um, by using the trolley, of course, on ground that was interior floor where it would make a little more sense that if he was on some type of um, uh, powered wheels which you would you imagine that's how he moves mm-hmm. um, that that type of surface would allow him to if he had more speed to be able to have a burst of speed and go faster whereas you wouldn't think that you know in say four wheel drive mode over the rough terrain you would expect to see maybe he could maybe move a little faster but it would should have that same uneven motion which would be difficult to achieve with the prop as it is but still it just seems so out of place
0: yeah and then when they're in the Devries's house you can actually see the doctor move Canine because he's lodged himself on something.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then he helps Canine over a rough patch of the um, flagstones or whatever yeah. they are. Or yeah. No, the, the stone oh, okay. or in the house. They're pulling okay. him along on a cord. Not that we can see the cord. Yeah. But you can see the doctor sort of lifting an edge so that he can get over a hump.
1: Is that what he's doing? You can see him put his, tuck his fingers underneath the edge of Canine's you know, front edge, and then it like kind of it glides. He his hand glides along as Canine moves. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that from the start when I first watched it. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yep. What's he trying to do? Lift
0: Help him up, up, over, lift him up ledge. over the
1: edge it was only later that I heard how terribly the prop moved and you know, have a, what you say, like a matchstick on the floor and it couldn't make it over it yeah, but yet yeah, he was much. supposed to get over the edge of the TARDIS <laughs> doorway yeah I did not have the benefit of the info track right. when I watched these mine came from the my Doctor Who Appreciation Society newsletters that I would get and the various uh, big compendium books of Doctor Who anniversary things you know like 30 Mm -hmm. years of Doctor Who and the one I think is the one we had in common and I think I had another one before that Um, that's where I got my extra information at the time we didn't mention in the last episode but there is a a couple now that we we've, we've seen Ramana hit on the fact that you know the the circle has been owned by women and the portraits of some of these women all resemble Vivian mm mm-hmm.
0: um
1: there's a couple comments, there's one that they make earlier in this episode, and then in the last episode, both uh, Professor Rumford and Vivian make some comments about, oh, typical male, leaving you here to do all the work Mm -hmm. while he goes off enjoying himself And the last episode, and then, um, oh, uh, Rumford says something in this one about, to Vivian, when, when Vivian gets there, that, Oh, you know, he she should have gone help to look for Romanas, and the doctor should have waited there. And she again makes something, makes some comment about uh, him, you know, unreliable man or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then we get this idea of this sisterhood that um, this legacy of women that has bone the circle and stuff. But, I, I mean, they make a point of them of having them, several of those comments, so it just kind of goes to this, uh, uh, feminist uh, attitude, or feminist, um, uh, bend, I guess, that, that the, mm-hmm. the two professional women, you know, prof- the professor and Vivian, whatever she her official work is, um, or, uh, share, and, their, in, how they, they do things, and how they live their lives, and Just a little insight, and, pro- probably, especially for, Rumford, being a, a female academic, and she's an elderly academic, she's, you know, she's an older lady at this point, so, you know, that, just the, uh, Historically, she, if she, as a as a real character, you know, she may have had you know, in a field that was mostly populated by male scholars, it was probably you know difficult to be taken seriously, or she probably had to work extra hard, and you know, this was like 1978, so it was very um, socially relevant for them to have this um, attitude. Of
0: I think it's interesting how minor a character Vivian had been up to the point where she's revealed as the Caliac.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before that, she kind of seems like kind of like the um, just professor's a real secondary or tertiary protégé. character. Oh, I was just thinking she's kind of like the protege of, right. of the professor. Um, They have this working relationship and also seem to be friends but yeah she she seems even you know uh, a step down from the character of the professor in the you know number of lines and seem seemingly importance in the um giving information in the story because rumford's the one who knows talks about the tales and the history of the surveyors and um her papers she'd written and all this stuff so she does seem to be more of, a, more of an important secondary cast of characters and Vivian does seem to be even below that because we only see her a couple times until like you said we find out even more about her mm-hmm. and now she's you know jumped right up there is more of a a major player
0: right
1: and villain villainess I think she does a good job actually the actress I I don't know her name but um she is a dark hair dark Archie eyebrows, you know, that she can raise one or the other, you know, to give a suspicious or kind of a mean look, you know, so she does really well in the part that she has, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Her name's Susan Engel, by the way. Ah.
1: I don't think we've seen her in other things, so have we... I don't know. I don't think so. It's not like some of the other um, smaller part characters we've seen in other Doctor Who's past that have come come around to be seen here. so much I uh, like th- I guess I'm kind of a sucker for throwing in that bits of mythology and other um historical references um but when they talk about the gorseds of different uh places of augury you know Stonehenge of course and other of stone circles and that type of thing mm. um and then the, she calls to the ogre, and that type of thing. I I think that it's. I know David uh, Fisher didn't do all of the ones that have the, that kind of atmospheric um, links to the pastor, um, but he has done a couple of them. Because uh, didn't he do the um, horror Fang Rock? I think it was very atmospheric and kind of creepy. Um, but I think that his stories did kind of bring that out and incorporate it really well.
0: He didn't have anything to do with horrifying. No.
1: Okay. I think there was some other one that he was that he did.
0: of Tara and he will be doing Creature from the Pit yeah, he also really uh, he helped in City of Death and Leisure Hive
1: oh but none previous to this his name's mayor
0: probably because he wrote two parts two segments of. the story. Key to time.
1: Oh well, no. I mean, before now. No. Oh, uh-uh.
0: uh, uh, it's, it's not, listed. not listed.
1: Okay. Maybe he was a producer then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe it's not his. Uh, it's the reason I like that is maybe not just be just him because. it... I like that in other ones as well, so that didn't involve him. Alright. But I do like Androids of Terror too. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else.
0: Cool I think it's weird that Romana just stands there while she gets zapped, but other than that, I like cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, there is that, but um, that part could be worse. Special effects could be worse. Um, But yeah, I think it's a pretty strong cliffhanger in that, you know, we don't know where she's gone. We don't know what what this is, this field that's created. Yeah, so because it's
0: not, it pretty much comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, because it's not something we've seen happen in the story so far. Right. Um, and we have, you know, revealed that, well, I mean, kind of before that, we have a reveal that Vivian is in the guise of the Kaliak. So, you know, we have that, and then followed by her Throwing Romana into the circle and, and causing this her to disappear. So I think that added to that. Romana's disappearance is pretty good. Maybe it would have been better if she'd been at least, like, facing the, the camera, not, like, kind of off, not looking off to the side.
0: I don't know if that mattered to me as much. I just think it's weird that she stood there while it happened and we see Vivian using this staff that we've never seen before to do it I mean yeah we probably saw her carrying it but we never saw her zap anything with it
1: true
0: I'm not even sure we saw her carrying it To be honest. yeah I'm
1: trying to think of oh, did she have it when she was
0: she was carrying those cups of blood last time we'd seen it yeah it might have been part of the ritual, but I don't remember it.
1: Yeah, it might have been just in the circle with her, but maybe we didn't see it. I don't remember that we saw it then. Mm-hmm. Or not. But yeah, if they were gonna just have a this purple swirly motion over the filming of Ramana, why couldn't she have been standing there, t- you know, trying to move or? Unless uh, this light force causes her to be immobile,
0: yeah, but what about the ten seconds ahead of that, where Vivian was having to get grab onto the staff and turn around mm-hmm. and all of that there was a lot of time for I should have been moving and wasn't
1: yeah. Uh, But I think for the ending it was pretty good to end there and pretty interesting to suppose what might have happened to her. Yeah. Better than just or I should say more unexpected than her falling or being pushed over a cliff. When we saw the danger cliff edge signs and everything for the last one. Right. Yeah. You know, this is a little more unexpected. Yeah. So, got that going for it.
0: Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, we'll see where she went when we watch part three of Stones of Blood. So, join us then and thank you for listening.